Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. For the last 15 months, I've been interviewing the top doctors and scientists who have been speaking out all over the world and they have been suppressed and silenced and censored like I have since day one of this whole COVID debacle. So today I want to talk about what's on the mind of a lot of people who are reaching out to me, and that is what to do if someone is trying to force the jab on you, whether that be an employer or someone else. But we're going to kind of focus on the employer angle because a woman I will call Melanie commented on one of my Facebook posts this past week. And what she said kept me up till like 1 a.m., just tossing and turning and worrying about her and worrying about all the people who are being beaten with sticks, right? So threats hanging over their heads and bribed with carrots and all of that so that we all go get an experimental medical product injected into us that has no long-term safety and efficacy testing. It's a product which actually killed the animals in the trials, and so they just stopped the animal trials. Um, it's a product whose short-term efficacy shows about 1% average effectiveness, a bit more or less depending on the brands, which 1% is what they call in science statistically insignificant, which to me suggests strongly that this product doesn't work at all for what people are going and rolling up their sleeve for, what they think they're going to get. Because who in their right mind would go get a toxic cocktail of chemicals and Frankenstein injected into themselves for a 1% less chance of getting a virus that 99.85% of us survive? But of course, people don't know that because they were told that the clinical trials show a 95% effectiveness rate. And I could go through how that conclusion is pure fraud and it's really just marketing Okay, it's the kind of data that marketers would come up with, not legitimate scientists. But let's just say that it's all based on the fact that in the short period of time they were tracking, it's like a few months. I think it was they had 10,000 vaccinated and 10,000 unvaccinated people, 150 in the unvaccinated for COVID tested positive and 10 tested positive in the vaccinated group. Okay. I mean, there are so many things wrong with that analysis. And rather than go sideways down that bunny trail, which we could, that's a whole other episode. Can I just point out how small both of those groups are? 10 and 150. I mean, it's just not statistically significant. Okay. There's so many ways to manipulate data like that. Um, and I don't think that it's possible in any way to infer from that, that it saves anyone from anything. And yet here we are, all of us, all over the world, being pressured with bigger and bigger sticks that they want to hit us with if we don't, and bigger and bigger carrots that they'll give us if we do. I mean, now we have million-dollar lotteries. I mean, of course they do, because the same people that control pharma also print money on demand, right, backed by nothing that was earned by no one. They just print it throw it at all the states and school boards. And there's all kinds of clever ways that they make sure everybody is managed in this. They're now offering a lot of college kids a thousand dollars to get the job. And not to mention, you know, they started with smaller carrots, like free beer and free donuts and free cheesecake. Okay. And they got the people that you could buy off cheaper for cheaper. If they just roll up their eyes, 
or their, their sleeves. So listen, you guys, here's the thing. It is optional. I don't know how many more ways I can say this. If it weren't optional, they would be, they wouldn't be standing over you with a club or pretending to stand over you with a club or talking about a club and they wouldn't be offering you free beer and free donuts. The fact is that they know that they are on very shaky moral ground and legal ground forcing anybody to do it. So later they could just stand back and say, well, these people did it. These people did it voluntarily, right? The people at the bottom probably aren't protected from legal action. And I'm talking about the small business, the small business who is saying, get the jab or you're fired. I mean, isn't it like, isn't it something like 80% of uh, jobs in America are small businesses? And we know that in all the Marxist takedowns of the world, they need to destroy the small businesses. So this is just yet another way that they're going to try to do it. So these businesses at the, at the bottom, it looks to me like they are not protected from legal action, even if the giant pharmaceutical companies who made the Pfizer job in the first place or Moderna or whatever actually are protected from being sued. Plus, let's talk about this. The emergency use authorization documents, if you review them, they don't actually indicate for anything. And what that means, you know, what this emergency use authorization indicates for, that means what it, what the evidence shows that it's good for. Okay, so you probably already know that the FDA has not approved any of these of these jabs. Okay, it's there's media headlines saying that Pfizer is trying to rush FDA approval by the end of May 2021. Okay, that's a media headline, right? That's not the FDA approving it. Um, we'll get back to that in a second, but we have doctors telling us that if they're willing to not get paid to fill out a nine page adverse event report, right? If their patient dies or is injured, that they're filling them out. And that not only is there not a space on the form for any kind of neurological sequelae or neurological phenomenon, those reports are actually bouncing back to them. Okay. And, and doctors started telling us right about that same time that the media headlines were screaming about Pfizer trying to fat, fast track its FDA approval. They were, they were telling us all this about how they couldn't even submit um, a VAERS adverse event or death, which is interesting because right before that, um, there's a video of the head of the FDA who has uh, 17,000 employees. And he's, he said he made a statement that he would not approve the vaccine for use until and unless they determined that it was in the best interests of Americans. Okay. And I want to make a little side note here. I seriously doubt this guy, even if he's very concerned about putting his own name on approving these vaccines that have already been just the reported ones reported to kill, have killed 4,178 people by May 10th. I seriously doubt he can stand up to these forces without losing his job. So if he does approve the jabs, despite all this mounting evidence contraindicating these products for preventing anything, even if he does, it may be because he's come to realize that if he doesn't, he'll get fired and then they'll just get someone who will. Okay. Who, who, someone who wants that coveted high paying government job. So even if he wants to stand up to them, you know, He's being pressured to approve it, I'm sure. So we shall see. I am paying close attention to this issue. 
So furthermore, the media wants to call the fact that after, uh, you know, now it's like over half of the COVID cases right now are among the vaccinated. They want to call them breakthrough cases because that implies that somehow on a rare occasion, a COVID case breaks through the protection you get from the vaccine, which makes no sense because Pfizer and Moderna don't even claim that their product prevents infection or transmission. So you see how this <laughs> this whole thing just goes around and goes around. So let's talk about Melanie. We're going to call her Melanie. She is a dental hygienist now for nearly three decades. And she told me that she really felt like with this job she's had, I think for a couple of years is all, that she felt like she had found her home, like she loves her job. And when I saw what she was saying, she was absolutely panicked that her bosses were saying, get the jab or lose your job. I asked her to go on Facebook Messenger and, and DM with me. And I've been sharing thoughts and resources with her, um, particularly on how the pressure on this small business, this dentist's office, it shouldn't be pressure that just goes one way. It shouldn't just come from the overlords, right? So the licensing agencies, the insurance companies, I'm hearing from a number of doctors that this is who they're afraid of, okay? And the powerful entities of this world are not afraid to engage the licensing boards. Okay, just yesterday, I saw Scott Jensen, former U.S. senator, medical doctor. I saw him read his third strike letter on Facebook. And Facebook is happy to share his content. It flies. Tens of thousands of people share it. Facebook loves that because they want all the healthcare workers scared that they're going to lose their licenses, right? So they choke me to death because I'm talking about the actual risk of the vaccine and they let Scott Jensen's content fly, but you have to think about why. You got to think higher level to even keep up with these, uh, these actually like evil criminals. So the pressure should also be just as strong from the human beings, right? The employees who are affected by this. The employees who have a right based on natural law, the law that God gave you, that no law can take away, based on the U.S. Bill of Rights, based on the Nuremberg Code of 1947, and I'm going to give you a quote from it here in a little bit, signed after the Holocaust, that every human being has the right to choose whether or not he or she can be forcibly injected with experimental or any medical product. But our friend Melanie shared with me a long manipulative email from her two dentist bosses. I'm not going to talk about what state she lives in. I'm not going to name the dentists. Um, I am going to read you some quotes from this letter because it's unbelievable how disingenuous it is and how manipulative it is. It just went on and on and on about how there's all these risks of their patients getting COVID in the dental office and and blaming it on them and making the employees really fearful if they don't get the jab, that it's going to be their fault if somebody dies of the aerosols, aerosolized, terrifying virus and talking about their legal liability and, and how the vaccine is so wonderful and prevents the disease. And these wonderful dentists have done their research and they know all about it. And so just shut up and get it because we love you. We love you so much. And we always put others first. We put others ahead of ourselves. Okay. Pure crap, okay? All human beings care about themselves first. Like it's absolutely primal. I mean, that, that right there is just garbage. In fact, I'm sort of like summarizing this letter because it's so shocking. I may not go in and actually read you passages from the letter, but it literally gets to the end and it says, love, and then in parentheses, really. 
Okay. Because they have to say love. Like we really do love you, even though it feels like we're beating you with a stick and threatening to take away your job. You know, and another thing it said is before you submit your resignation, come talk to us. I mean, how manipulative is that? It's disgusting. These people are so unbelievably manipulative. And you know what? I I don't want to get off on the wrong trail of chasing the small business owners because the fact of the matter is we have to keep in mind who the real enemy is, right? And you got to go way up the chain from the small businesses. Those two dentists are are just completely ill-informed and scared and trying to sell their employees on it. The real evil geniuses are the ones way up high who can't be sued, who are trying to push all the liability to the small businesses. So anyways, these two dentists are, are telling their employees, basically, you can't work here if you don't get the job. Um, they did have to legally send a physical letter to each employee. And I think this is very important. They sent to each employee and, and the, uh, this employee did tell me that, uh, show me the letter that she got and she got it in the snail mail. Okay. So, um, they had to write a letter to each employee and say, you do have the right to get a medical or religious exemption because of the state they're in. These employees do have the right to a religious or a medical exemption. So for these people, any job will do right. And after you're done getting the jobs, you're not done. You know, I did way back in April of 2020, I did this video that went super viral, wasn't wearing any makeup. And it was just talking about how this, this vaccine, when it, when it does come out is just the Trojan horse. And it's, that's now been proven true because guess what? You get the jab, you get the second jab, you're totally sick. You might spend 10 days in bed like, like poor Eric Clapton did after his first jab. Um, the CDC has already stated that you're going to need a third jab and an annual jab. Do you see how getting people to get the first one or the, or the two, if it's Moderna and Pfizer, it's just the Trojan horse, right? It gets you inside the walls of the city and then you're just on a, long-term vaccination schedule. So you might as well start standing up, you guys, because getting one or two jabs isn't going to get you out of trouble here. It's not going to get you like a free pass to get on airplanes or whatever. There's always more. There's always more behind that. So the CDC and the various health organizations around the globe, they're all over the map about whether you can mix and match these products, like get a Pfizer first jab and an AstraZeneca second jab. And it makes it so much more convenient for the people who are pushing this agenda but me, for me, it's just like, it's further evidence that they don't know what they're doing. There's no, there's no actual purpose to this. They're literally just pimping product because the mechanisms of action and the ingredients from the Pfizer and Moderna products are totally different than the J and J and AstraZeneca products, for instance. And no one has tested what happens to somebody who gets one of this one and another of the other one. Okay. Just like, and you know what? You can go look this up on the CDC website. 8% of those who got the first jab, um, like I said, Eric Clapton did and then reported in Rolling Stone about it. I guess the whole people at the top of this forgot to control Rolling Stone because he spent 10 days in bed after one jab. And then he went, he went public to wake the world up. Like he red pilled hard and he's, he's out there in what I would call mainstream media. You would think that Rolling Stone is, but. You know, 8% don't go, don't go back for their second job, you guys. 
And even though now Fauci has stated that everybody has to go get a third jab within a year of their first injection. So these two dentists are profoundly ignorant about the emergency use authorization and the fact that the vaccines are indicated for nothing in the emergency use documents. They are profoundly ignorant of or ignoring the lack of FDA approval. They seem completely oblivious to the terrible safety and efficacy data so far, not to mention the fact that by May 10th, there were 4,178 deaths reported to VAERS just in 2021, up to May, May 10th, actually. So, and that is, by the way, more than all vaccine deaths combined from the last 20 years. And those 4,178 deaths, those are just from the short-term effects actually reported. Those don't include any of the tens of thousands of adverse events, many of them classified as permanent disabilities, many of them requiring hospitalization. And again, that's just the short-term effects. The long-term downstream effects, nobody knows. Nobody ever tested any of these vaccines on the elderly, which they're now injecting them with in mass whom they're saying are the ones that it will help the most. Nobody ever tested any of these vaccines on pregnant women, but they're pushing them on pregnant women. Nobody tested them on children, but the agenda keeps pushing for younger and younger children to get the vaccines. School districts are receiving federal funding and are caught up in, even in some places, school districts wanting to vaccinate kids at school so that they feel the peer pressure as they see their friends lining up to get the job. But my friend, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, now has 10 more mechanisms of injury. Okay, hopefully you heard my episode with her where I reviewed her original 10 mechanisms of injury. Now she's revealed another 10 mechanisms of injury for a total of 20. These are the ways that she's documented that this spike protein that's being injected into human bodies, okay, same spike protein that the, the virus carries, that they have a history of causing long-term harm and damage to the immune system, to the neurological system, to the pulmonary system. As I just broke the story of Everest Romney being in the ICU, and that was actually in the media, but no media mention yet. Days later, the story that I broke is that his father, Preston Romney, also a six-foot-nine athlete, not even slightly overweight, no known health problems, totally healthy, ended up in the hospital after feeling unwell for weeks. I mean, the whole family got the the job, you know, weeks before, but they were prioritizing their 16-year-old son in the hospital, and he was immediately hospitalized, and they were they found countless, was the were the doctor's words, countless blood clots in his lungs and even in his jugular vein. Okay, they had never seen anything like it in their careers. And that's what the doctors told Preston and Cherie Romney. And I mentioned a minute ago that as of May 10th, there were 4,178 deaths reported to VAERS, which is Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Uh, But remember in 2010, two major studies were done to ascertain how many adverse events and deaths ever even get reported. Harvard did one of the studies and Health and Human Services did the other of the studies, which was super comprehensive. And both of these 2010 studies came to the same conclusion that less than 1% of adverse events and deaths are ever reported. 
Why? Well, it's probably a multifactorial problem because doctors aren't usually the ones to say, hey, I wonder if that was related to that COVID vaccine you got. Okay, first of all, that's like asking someone to sue you, which is a doctor's greatest fear. Most of them probably don't know that they cannot be sued for administering or recommending a vaccine. They're totally protected, but they get paid for each office visit, each procedure. They don't get paid to fill out a nine page adverse event report. I mean, these aren't, these aren't hourly employees, right? One doctor told me that there's nothing in that report to even, to even write down neurological problems from the COVID vaccine. If you can believe that, that's how bad this reporting system is. And I'm sure you've seen how many people are actually having seizures. That's a neurological problem. And now they're chronically disabled due to neurological damage after the vaccine. So these doctors generally aren't going to volunteer to call your attention to a medical product that they recommended and that they inject people with as a cause of the health problems. Think about it. They actually pay more in legal coverage annually than most of us make in a year which gives you a sense of how terrified they are of lawsuits, okay? So unless the death or the serious disability happens within 48 hours of the jab, not only will your your doctor probably just dismiss it as unrelated, but also the VAERS system will probably reject it as being unrelated, even if you do report it. So this has been going on for decades. In fact, I was told when my children were young, that you couldn't even report an adverse event if it did not occur within 48 hours. I studied this 25 years ago because when I had one of my babies, um, one of my two babies that I vaccinated, my neighbor's baby died of SIDS at four and a half months old. And she was, she was taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon. And it was so sad because this mother was my friend and she had four sons. And it was her second marriage and she finally got to have this baby girl that she'd always dreamed of. And she just doted on that baby, Marissa. Of course, we all do. But Marissa was just a beautiful little baby. And her mother was so blissed out that she received this blessing from God before she turned 40. And Marissa had been vaccinated two and a half days prior to her sudden death while taking a nap. And here's the the position that people like me are in. I was in process of waking up after injuring my own child, but I'm not going to step into that mother's grieving process. She's She was not a, a college-educated woman. She was a very meek person, not one to question doctors. And I went for years to that baby girl, Marissa's grave, and I would just weep and leave flowers for Marissa, but also for all the babies out there who have died of SIDS, which is a cover-up diagnosis. It was made up to cover for all the infants who die after being vaccinated. This year, there's a new medical diagnosis. It's called SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. I'm sure most of you haven't heard it, but the news story I read about it in March of 2021, you can Google it. All these things I talk about today, I'll try to round some of them up and put them in the show notes, but you can find it. It used as an example a 19-year-old woman who was perfectly healthy and just didn't wake up one morning. And of course, this young lady, as they report on SADS, the new diagnosis in 2021, of course they used a 2019 example of someone who was young and died mysteriously. You know, this article talked about how she didn't have any known health issues, et cetera, et cetera. But when I saw that story, my suspicion 
from reading extensively on the subject of SIDS when I was having babies, because I, I was almost like I was almost mentally ill over worrying about SIDS with my son in and out of the hospital. I learned in my studies that Japan that didn't massively vaccinate in the first two years of life like the U.S. did has a tiny, tiny fraction of the SIDS deaths that the U.S. did. And that's not all of the evidence that I could share with you that caused me after my first two children were injured by the vaccines to stop vaccinating them. And I didn't vaccinate the younger two at all. But that that's a rabbit hole that's beyond the scope of this conversation. I want to I was going to share with you some quotes from Melanie's letter that she got from her boss, but I think I kind of covered it earlier. But I, I suggested to her that she just delay, delay, delay while she got her ducks in a row and put her case together. And tell her bosses, if she has to, you know, if you fire me, I'll sue you. If you fire me for not getting an experimental medical product. That's not a comfortable conversation to have. And nobody wants to go there because you still have to show up and work with these people every day. I 100% get that. So I said to her, perhaps you start in your conversation with these two dentists with what you told me. Like, I really felt like I found my home here. I love my work. I love our patients. I love you guys. I've helped build your business. And so I think it's very important that since you cannot guarantee me that if I leave here for any reason, that you can remove that vaccine from my body, I think it's very, very important that you review the information that I want to share with you that I think will change your mind about wanting to shove this onto all your employees. And by the way, anybody listening to this, I put together a page for parents, young adults, teenagers who that just are like the best content. Like everybody in it is a doctor or a scientist talking about what a fraudulent agenda this is. And you can find that. And I suggested to our friend Melanie that she give it to her employers and say, if you're going to, if you're going to tell me that I get fired, if I don't get this experimental product, then I insist that you watch at least three videos on this page. And let me tell you where that is. Everybody should write this down. It's takeactionforfreedom.com, which is my website, takeactionforfreedom.com slash risks. Okay. I mean, there's whole fire departments. There's whole uh, retail stores. There's whole schools that have had to close their doors for two days because a big percentage of the staff all got jabbed on the same day. And everybody is so sick. And I swear if one more person says to me, that just shows that it's working. Or another thing that people say to me is, that just shows that I have a strong immune system. Okay, no, it doesn't. It shows that you just got injected with poison and your body is reacting violently to it. Okay, these dentists somehow don't know that. They likely couldn't even ask or answer Simple questions, if you put them to them, if you asked about, <clears throat> for instance, ask about emergency use authorization versus FDA approval. See if they know that. See see if they know what the emergency use authorization indicates for. Ask them if they can give you numbers of how many have been reported dead from the jab. I bet they couldn't give you numbers about how many deaths and adverse events have been reported to VARES. They wouldn't know what percentage of reported adverse events and deaths there are relative to actual, which is probably a hundred times more. And if they don't know that stuff, then for God's sake, educate them rather than just going in and rolling up your sleeve. 
So if you're an employee listening to this, if you are feeling the pressure from someone in a position of authority over you, one thing you can do is delay. Get your information together. Like I said, takeactionforfreedom.com slash risks. Have the difficult conversation. You do not, under international law, it's called the Nuremberg Code, you cannot be coerced into getting an experimental medical product or any medical product, okay? You get to approve what goes in your body. You don't have to have it if it doesn't get your informed consent. Let me read to you from 1947's Nuremberg Code, which the United States government signed in its agreement. The voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have the legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. Okay, that's the Nuremberg Code. It is international law. Now there's OSHA. People keep telling me like there's OSHA law. Um, They just changed it. Just this week as I'm speaking to you, they just changed some OSHA rules. I believe they're rules, not law. Okay, so the powers that be control all the government right now. And they do want to make it look like you have no rights and you have to just roll up your sleeve and shut up and do it. But you can find your rights in all of it. You can keep your job. I can't say they won't also make you miserable for a while. But frankly, I don't think they can sustain this kind of power grab. I mean, unless we let them. Okay, this whole thing has happened to us the last 15 months because we let them. Too few people pushed back on any of it. And now a large minority of us, maybe even a majority of us, have woken up anywhere from some to most we've woken up. And truly, unless we refuse to do all these voluntary things, then we can just expect more of the same. We can expect that our lives and our children's lives become open-air prisons where we have absolutely no rights. And if this feels like a surreal modern problem, remember that, I think this is a quote of one of the founders of the United States, remember that um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Actually, and I should have looked it up, I actually think it goes back to like Socrates or literally like 2,000 years ago. It's an ancient concept. I think that's where it was said first. And I want to leave you today um, too, with Benjamin Rush's quote, he's the signer of the Declaration of Independence. And um, let me see if I can find this here. Let me see what Benjamin Rush said. I might have to just have so many things here in my Google Doc that I wanted to read you. Okay, he said, The constitution of this republic should make special provision for medical freedom. To restrict the art of healing to one class will constitute the Bastille of medical science. All such laws are un-American and despotic. Unless we put medical freedom into the constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship 
and force people who wish doctors and treatment of their own choice to submit to only what the dictating outfit offers. That is Benjamin Rush, and he was a medical doctor. This was, he, he's a signer of the Declaration of Independence. So we're talking whatever that is, 200, less than 250 years ago. Okay, so a few issues that I want to wrap up with. There's a lawsuit by Dr. Simone Gold, who's a medical doctor and an attorney, and Senator Scott Jensen, who's a medical doctor. I told you, I think he just lost his medical license after three strikes, even though he didn't do anything to his patients. Um, and a bunch of parents are on this lawsuit, and they filed it in Alabama against these criminals who are giving children a vaccine for something that they have a statistically 0.00% chance of dying from. I think I read to you from the Nuremberg Code. Yeah, I did. Remember, voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. So a few issues for those of you whose employer is demanding that you get the jab or lose your job. I want to tell you as an employer myself that employers don't want to lose their employees. Okay. And you have more power than you think. Okay. Employees are expensive to replace in time and energy and money all the way from deciding to hire them to finding the right person to getting them up to speed and how your business does things, getting them trained. I read like long time ago, like 25 years ago that hiring a new employee costs nine months of salary. And so Another thing you should know about how these small business owners think is that the pressure they're under right now, especially if they're in healthcare, is that they're afraid of losing their licenses or their insurance. See, our friend Melanie told me she might just go to another practice. Well, that practice is going to get the same pressure. So at some point, she's going to have to fight this. Okay, so they may be afraid to lose their licenses or their insurance, and I Agree if you're thinking this is a terrible position for a small business to be in, but hey, Marxism again wants to take down all the small businesses. That's part of it. So that every other middle class is driven into poverty and then you become the slave of the state. The thing you got to do is you got to be part of pushing back because they also need to honor your rights and they should be afraid of you suing them if you're injured. So how to have that conversation? Start small. You know, you don't have to go right straight to, I'll sue you. Like I told Melanie, you know, I told her, why don't you ask them to get that notice that they sent in the snail mail, giving you a date by which you had to be vaccinated? Why don't you just go to them and ask them to send you an email version of that notice? Because that'll scare them. I promise. That'll sound like someone who's consulting an attorney. And then another little micro step you could take is, you know, I'm going to fund a letter by an attorney I'm working with who's wide awake, like I am, that you can use. And it's far, far more fierce than there's a really cool article out there by the Sons of Liberty. They'll search for it in Google. I'm sure they've buried it. Um, and I'll try to link you to it in the show notes, but it's not nearly as fierce as what the uh, attorney that I'm going to hire right now that I'm talking to right now to create a letter that should work for anybody in Utah and then another letter that should work for people in the United States. So even though that's not done yet, make sure you're in my Telegram group. It's called Robin Openshaw. I'm still live on my personal page on Facebook. Just look in the comments of my posts and you can find that that link to the Telegram group. If you're not very technical and you're not on Telegram yet, you have to download it in the 
Apple store and then go get in my group there because I probably won't be taken down on Telegram when I'm taken down on Facebook, right? They're much friendlier to what we do than Facebook is. And so I'll tell you in that Telegram group when that letter is published. Okay. And I'll announce it there. I honestly, right now, I cannot even open 10% of the direct messages I get. So if you've been sending me messages in Facebook and I haven't opened them, just please just know that I work 16 hours a day and I can't even open all the DMs that I get. I literally say a prayer every day. Dear, dear God, in the 10 minutes I have to devote to Facebook Messenger, will you please tell me which messages to open, which ones are most important. And then another idea for a small action you can take is that if you have to, just politely in an open and honest and friendly way, Tell your employer, hey, I'm a vaccine injured person and I'm at high risk and I am not going to resign. See, Melanie was told rather before you resign, come talk to us. That is so manipulative, it's ridiculous, so disingenuous. But, you know, say to them, if you've heard something like that, say, I'm not going to resign. See, they want you to resign. Okay. With a lot of small businesses in most states, they have to pay your PTO out if you resign, but not if you're fired right? And that's because they'd rather have you quit because then you can't sue them. There's a bunch of reasons why they'd rather have you quit, but it actually costs them money. If you quit, they have to pay your PTO in most cases. And just tell your employer, if you take my job from me, which you have no legal basis to do, and of course they're going to have all kinds of arguments. Okay. Just, just brace for that. You might, you know, you might be being coached that you do. And in fact, you have a legal basis not to, you know, like you're, these two dentists is so clear they're being coached, so clear that they were told by an attorney to send a snail mailed copy of this notice to Melanie and all her coworkers saying that they can go get a religious or, or medical exemption. You know, tell them I will seek legal action. Just leave it at that. You don't have to be a, you know, like super specific. And you can say, I've worked really hard here and I've been a contributor to your business and to your bottom line. And this emergency use authorization product is actually injuring and killing a lot of people. And I will not allow you to make me one of them. Okay. So back this up, take re-listen re to this. If you need to listen again, take notes and use any piece of that that works for you. Any piece of that that's relevant, but you must know your rights. You must remain in control of your emotions. It's so easy to be in fear and in anger in this whole fight. And your brain shuts down to fight or flight mode when you're in fear or anger. And then you only have access to a tiny little part of your brain when you're angry. So take a script in and read it to your boss if you need to. Um, I've been in a lot of situations in the last 15 months where I have to check myself. I have to check my fear and my anger. And as the whole world's struggling, I've never seen so much bad behavior from human beings in my whole lifetime up to this point as I have in the last year and a half. But just, you know, some final thoughts, like remember that nobody wants to be sued. Businesses are terrified of being sued. Because there's a barrier to entry for the person who's doing the suing in that there's a bunch of expense in your lawyer getting up to speed and writing these huge documents, making your case. It's thousands of dollars just to put the lawsuit together and file it. And then there's court filing fees. And it just goes on and on and on from there. If you told your employer you would sue them, remember that anybody can sue anybody, right? But generally, your lawyer is going to advise you against suing if he or she is pretty sure you'll you'll lose. But if you get sued, even if you're totally innocent, it costs you a lot of money. Plus, there's all the sleep that you lose to defend yourself. And employers don't want that. 
Okay, so I swear, even if I were a brainwashed ninny, like these two manipulative Kool-Aid drinking dentists that our friend Melanie works for, I would say, okay, whatever, you know, Melanie, wear your plastic shield or your mask or whatever, forget it, go get an exemption. Or or Melanie could just go get an exemption if she could find a doctor who will write her one. All she'd have to do is say, I went into anaphylactic shock after my last vaccine or whatever. I mean, most of us had a horrible reaction to a vaccine. Just tell the doctor your reaction to the vaccine you had before. So, I mean, that's the other thing is that these two dentists had to tell this employee what her rights are to get an exemption. They made some noise about that exemption better, that exemption better be legit. They sort of, you know, wrote that into their letter and, and you might be thinking, well, Robin, why didn't you just say that right up front? Well, that's because you know, when my husband goes into a place and he doesn't wear his mask because he just tells the, you know, hostess in the restaurant or whatever, I have a medical exemption. Yeah, it gets him out of wearing the mask if the business we walk into even knows the law that they can't ask him what his medical issue is. But I kind of hate the idea of Melanie going to get a medical exemption for the same reasons I hate John using that medical exemption excuse. It's still playing by their rules, you know, but that is one of the last tips that I want to cover here is that our friend Melanie was told she can get an exemption. So, I mean, look at look at what the globalists just did here. It was optional all the time. They just made you think you had to jump through a bunch of hoops, made, made, made you think that you needed to roll your sleeve up. And actually, it was all rules, not laws. Actually, most people do not realize what the difference is between a rule and a law, just like they don't realize that they have rights in the workplace. Okay, they've been following rules their whole lifetime, but you know, I'm settling a lawsuit right now, even though the, the employee, the former employee suing me has absolutely no case. I'm settling it because I would rather spend the money that, that she's demanding on the employees who are still here, who actually did a good job, but I'm settling just because I figure she's in some kind of world of hurt after leaving my employee for 10 years and is now realizing her six figure job, sitting at home, wearing her jammies wasn't something that you really want to do, nor do you want to quit a great job in this economy. So I just am settling it. So employers do back down and they do settle and they do care whether you stay or go and you have more rights and more power than you think you do. Please make sure that you get the link to this and share it with people because there are people out there who need this content desperately right now. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.